Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. Yeah. I thank God for that. I thank God for praying people. Amen. Thank God for people who are willing to stand in the gap. Mike Cardwell, we got a problem though. I can't even get you to bring me a bologna sandwich. I'll see what I do about that. If you got your Bibles this morning, I hope that you do. I want to invite you to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 10. The book of Psalms, chapter 10. And this morning, we're going to kind of keep the uh, keep the, the theme rolling, if you will. Uh, everybody has a story, amen? Everybody has a testimony. You may not realize it, but I'm going to tell you, if you can tell me about the goodness of God in your life, you have a testimony. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it is, you have a story. This morning, in order to find the, the center point, the, the meaning behind your story, you have to do one thing above all things, and that's seek God. Have to. You know what Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He didn't say seek ye second, seek ye third. He said seek ye first the kingdom of God. Psalms chapter 10, verse 4 reads so simple just like this the wicked through the pride of his competence will not seek after God God is not in all his thoughts now that's not our go-to verse this morning but it is one that I want to cling to for just a moment that verse there tells us something so important that I think we have overlooked it and we've we've kind of set it to the side if you will Jerome we, we've kind of thought, you know what? I'm not prideful. I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm none of these things, but I have other things to do than seek the face of God. And we're finding out through the years that as church begins to become a secondary nature to a lot of people, we're seeing that, that ritual habit, if you will, kind of fall away. We're seeing... People become puffed up with pride, arrogant, bitter, rude, hateful. And there's one thing that we'll realize about them is none of the things that they do in life is God-centered. You know, I remember a time, and I know all of you do in our childhood, to when there was no ball game on Sunday. Everything was closed. You didn't go. You didn't go to the Walmart. You didn't go out to eat. You went to Mama's house. You went to Mom's house or wherever, and you sat down as a family and you ate a meal as a family. And and Frankie said something that caught my ear. He said he could feel that cool water touch his lips. You know, Jesus said, "If you'll come to me and drink, you'll never thirst again." 
But how do we get to that point? We have to seek ye first the kingdom of God. We have to seek God first. We have to have a heart to seek after him. How do we do that? We have to get away from everything else. We have to put God first. Somebody, I was counseling a young married couple one time and they weren't married at the time. They was getting ready to say I do. And they said, we want to be successful in our marriage. How do we do that? What does that look like? And I said, simply this, put God first. Not second, not in the center. Because if God is in the center of your marriage, that means you're revolving around him. He's not revolving around you. See, when God's moving around you, that means your total focus is on him. You're not worried about what ifs and maybes because your eyes are fixed upon Jesus, upon Christ, upon God. You're, you're leaning on not your understanding, but his. Did you know that 90% of the people in the United States today do not have a church home, but they claim to be Christians? Scary thought, right? Did you know that there are a majority of the people in the world today who have no clue who Jesus Christ is because of Christians. That's a scary thought. Think about that. Why? Because we seek everything else first. We seek hobbies. We seek jobs. We seek, man, we seek cars, trucks, boats. We seek hunting. We seek all these things, but we are forgetting that first and foremost in our walk with anything that we do, we're to seek God's face. Word tells us what? Draw nigh unto him and surely he'll draw nigh unto you. Why are, we, why are we only hearing the goodness of God in certain areas of our lives? Let me tell you what. God's been good to me. Amen. Carrie and I was talking about that yesterday and last night. We've just talked about how God has been so good to us and blessed us in so many ways. But I want to tell you something. In order to, to see God's hands move, you have to quit worrying about things. You have to quit focusing on things that don't even matter. Because let me tell you something. They might turn the electricity off. They might turn the water off. The shelves at, at, the, at the food route may go empty. Walmart might lock down and close up. But God is still faithful. He is still just. And he is still God. That is alive and well. Psalms chapter 9, verse 10 says this, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. See how that goes? There, there's, there's the promise. He's not for, forsaken no one. And Jesus, even, even throughout the word, it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we see the promise followed up, you know, in, in Psalms. If you seek me, we're good. But we, we forgot something there. I'm not going to forsake you, but you got to seek me. you got to seek the Lord. How do you do that? How does one go about seeking the Lord? Let me tell you something. You can go to church seven days a week. Set through hours of seminary. You can set through hours of theology classes. You can set through all of these things that will help you understand the word of God. You can learn and grow in your, in your mental ability, but that's not going to help you see God. What do you do? You get alone and you close the door to that prayer closet and you spend time with him. How do you get to know somebody better than anyone else? You spend time with them. You, you 
Talk to them. People have made prayer a complicated thing over the years. Jesus addressed that. Don't be like the, the Pharisees and, and Sadducees and stand out in the synagogue to be heard for your many words. Simplicity. Stan, I love the simple kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. I live by that me the method. I've actually got that method wrote down in a lot of my, at, at, on little pieces of paper at the front of most of my Bibles that I have at home. Keep it simple. Why? Because we will complicate things very quickly. Trying to seek our own ideas, our own, own way to do things. Look, we can seek a man's approval on everything, Jerome. We can seek man's approval on how to strike the parking lot. There's more than one way. We can seek man's approval on what color carpet we should have in the church. One thing you can't seek approval on is your personal relationship with Jesus. Because if you go off of what somebody else's life looks like, you're wrong already. Well, I, I want I want to I want to be able to pray like they do. Stop. No. You've got to have your own unique prayer life. How do you get a unique prayer life? You get alone with him and you talk to him. Y'all, I'm gonna tell y'all a secret. And a lot of y'all know where my prayer closet is at. It's not hard to find when you come to my house. Just ask Carrie for the master bedroom and the bathroom. And you walk right through that bedroom and there's the bathroom and I'll go in there and I will shut that door and I will sit in the floor with my back up against the bathtub, Miss Sandra. And that's where I spend time with the Lord. And I'll sit there and I'll say, Lord, we need to talk. And that's how my prayers start. I'm simple. Miss Julia's done figured that out over the years, bless her heart. I'm simple. I like to keep it simple. Lord, we need to talk. This is what's happening, and this is what I don't understand. It's the simplicity in the prayer life. Instead of saying, Lord, I know you're, you're up there. Let me get my dictionary out so we can talk. We, we, over the years, we have solved the wrong things. And seeking the Lord starts in that prayer closet. It starts with that time in prayer. It starts with, as you pray, getting in here to find out who he is and who he has called you to be. Because your identity in Christ isn't the fact that, well, you know, I, I was once a sinner and, and he came along and he saved me and washed me, made me clean, and that's my identity in Christ. There's more to your identity in Christ than being made clean. Paul said what? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. What, what is that like? What, what do we do when the world is falling apart at our fingertips? We pray. Things are not going our way. What do we do? We pray. But in order to seek somebody, I've learned something over the years. In order to find somebody that you're looking for, Mike Cardinal, you have to find them and know them You've got to know their every move. You've got to find out where they work. You've got to find out where they shop. You've got to find out where they get groceries. You've got to find out what kind of car they drive. You've got to seek after that person. God's not lost. 
A lot of people think, well, why am I seeking after the Lord? He needs to be seeking after me. He sought you and he bought you. Can I tell you something? Be worth the price that was paid for you. Seek after him. He, he, he paid the ultimate ransom for many. And over the years, we have made things so complicated. We was looking at so many different aspects, Jerome. When I first surrendered to ministry, you remember that? I called you and I was like, man, do I need to go to seminary? What do I need to do? And he's like, the simplest advice he's ever gave me was, huh? Seek him in all things. In all things. Not just some things, because I found out what happens when you seek him in some things. Some things work out. But when you seek him in all things, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And we, we get into these, these, these issues in life that we don't understand what God's doing. I've been there recently. Man, we don't see it. But he's, he's just saying, hey, watch what I'm about to do because I'm just going to show you how good of a father I am by providing for you all the things that you need plus some. And he will. How does that happen? How does that work? We quit focusing on the issue at hand and we begin to seek him with all of our heart, all of our mind. We find him in that, that quiet place. I remember almost 14 years ago walking into my bedroom at the house we was in at the time and I looked in the mirror and I didn't even know the man that I was looking at. That hit me this morning as I stood in the mirror and I had my brush and my bowl in my hand and I was getting ready to shave. And I thought, man, first thing I thought was, dude, you look good. You know? And I thought, man, you know, I mean, it's just amazing what God can do when you seek after him. You can seek after the world, ladies and gentlemen. And I, I know in some ways I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm just going to tell you the choir needs to be preached to too. You can seek after whatever you want to out there, but for me and my house, we're not just going to serve the Lord. We're going to seek after him with everything that we got. Somebody asked me one time, they said, why are you always just cutting up and, and acting silly. And, and and I think it was Chloe yesterday. She said, you know, and, and you know this to be true. She said, you know, she's talking about her and Colton. And she says, well, I, I talk a lot and Colton really don't talk a lot. And I said, I was right opposite. When I was younger, we didn't get to talk a lot. Why? Because we was told to be quiet. You're, you're to be seen, not heard. And buddy, if we was seen, God forbid when we walk back through the doors of what would happen. And I learned that very moment when they asked me that question. I said, look, it ain't how I was raised. It has nothing to do with the way I was brought up because for years I was always angry. I was always mad. But when the Lord came into my life, I had a reason to smile. I had a reason to be excited. I have a reason to make sure everybody around me laughs 
whether they're laughing with me or at me, more times out of 10, they're not laughing with me, Jerome. I figured that out. But hey, they're still laughing. Because I'm going to tell you something. When I start seeking God and people start asking questions on why are you so always happy? Well, let me tell you about my personal Lord and Savior. Let me tell you why I love the way I do. Let me tell you why I'm excited as I'm excited, why I'm always excited. Told me 10 years ago, be careful, you'll burn out. I ain't burn out yet. The new will wear off, it ain't wore off yet. We're, we're excited to serve the Lord, why? Because life does not determine the goodness of God. We've missed that somewhere along the way. You know, you go and you see people at the grocery store. How you doing? Well, you know. No, I don't. That's why I'm asking. People are going through stuff. And I'm not saying they're not seeking the Lord. I am saying this. Sometimes you just need to sit with them for a little bit and tell them about the goodness of God. Because at the end of their tunnel, they don't see a light. At the end of their tunnel, they don't see the promises of God being fulfilled in their life. They don't see things unfolding because why? They don't know. Maybe they maybe they just ain't got a clue. Maybe they're trying and they just ain't figured it out yet. They don't know how to seek the Lord. Why? Because 90% of the people in the church today don't even have a Bible in their home. Or if they do, it's on a shelf somewhere. It's in a drawer somewhere. And they never read it. Can I tell y'all something about this, this Bible I have? There's a lot of them out there identical to it. This is one I preach out of, Jerome. One I study out of has got marks all in it where I've made notes because it's got the margins in it. But the battery life on this thing is amazing. It recharges me. I don't have to plug it up. I don't have to set it out with a solar panel hooked up to it. It's the Word of God that, that teaches us how to seek him. He gives us instruction on how to seek him from Genesis to Revelation. We find that he is, throughout the scripture, he's not only a, a, a savior, he's a judge. And not only a judge and a savior, but he is merciful and just and righteous. And he sent his son to die on that cross for us. That through him, we might be saved. That song I, ref I refer to so much in my own personal walk. Nothing, oh nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash me and cleanse me and make me white as snow. I think that's how it goes, Frankie. I probably tortured that a little bit, but it's okay. Don't judge me. We have, we have seen so much in, in, in the churches, in the headlines that make people go, I, just, I can't believe this is happening in the, the society that we live in. Why? The Word tells us that it happens. Well, I can't believe that so-and-so, you know, they've been in church all these years and, and now they, they're, they're, announcing, they're denouncing their faith and they're walking away. Why can't you believe it? They're listening to pastors who don't even preach from the Word of God. They're talking to men who don't even know if they're men or women and they're supporting that. What do you mean you can't believe they're walking away from, away from Christ? What do you mean you can't believe that, that the schools are in the shape they're in? 
The word tells us that this was going to happen and the world's calling it good. And, 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 and No, they're not. They're calling it what? Acceptable. It's acceptable. No, it's not. It's really not. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter what it looks like, what you label it, how you look at it. And we're having trouble defining sin in the body of Christ because people are not reading the word of God. They're not seeking God. They're seeking man's opinion and man's approval. The problem with society today is not only that they're seeking man's approval, they're seeking all the things of the world and that it has to offer. They have forgot that God is still alive and well. Because it's going to come to the point in life <laughs> very soon. Sodom and Gomorrah, anybody remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Some people say, well, you know, it's never going to come to that. Might want to read this. Might want to read it thoroughly. Not to become smarter and not to become come to the end and say, hey, you know what? I started this yearly Bible reading plan. Man, it worked out great. I read the whole Bible in a year. Yeah, that's great. But you better get in it and start studying it to show thyself to prove. That wasn't talking just to pastors. Wasn't talking to just preachers. It's talking to the people of the church. We have a problem in today's society, ladies and gentlemen. In my generation, mainly, I will be the first to say it. Jerome's generation, I will be the first to say it. We have forgot what it's like to find God. Says seek him. He's not lost. Why? Why is he not lost? Because he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We have wandered down the road somewhere over yonder. And we have took the wrong turn somewhere in life. And we've become acceptable to it. And we're saying, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. They'll find their way back. No, they won't. That's why Jesus said they've become lost sheep. If you have 99, you got 101 goes astray. Do you leave that 99 and go after that one? Or do you stick around and look at the 99 and go, man, they're beautiful. No, you go and get that one. Why? Because they don't know the goodness of God yet. They don't know what it's like to have somebody to love them in their mess. That'll preach, woman. They don't know what it's like for... for for somebody to come along and say, hey, let me talk to you. I know you got a lot going on in your life and it's none of my business, but I just want to take some time to share the goodness of God with you. Everybody in this room has a story and it starts with seeking God. Look, there's a lot of people in here under the sound of my voice right now have been seeking God for a long time. And you said, well, Tom, I just can't find him. I don't know what's going on. Get in this word. Get in this word, and I guarantee you, you'll find them there. Why? Because that word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. He is a good, good father. There's no doubt about it. If he can, if he can take me and do the things in my life that he's done, he can do it in anybody. If you will stand with me this morning. Hi, it's Pastor Tom. 
I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life, we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.